Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Good to be back. Greet one another in the chat and edify and encourage your toldot, your generations. We are the generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And those generations, in spite of Esau, are being blessed. If you stay the course, you continue to press in, teach the word, encourage one another, and speak to the next generation that is raising up. Yes, we're going to need to make some adjustment and changes in how we live. Are we going to live like Esau, men of the field, out in the world, the field is the world? Or are we going to decide to live like Jacob and come into the tents and stay under the covering of Yahuwah? Because the world is changing, but Yahuwah is truly raising up another generation. I really do believe we're going to see many that will be crying the tears of Esau the lost hope when they awaken and realize that their generations have actually been stolen from them. Will it be too late? Well, it was too late for Esau because Yahweh said that he loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. I think what we're seeing, brethren, today is a war between the seed lines. But Yahweh loves you, and he loves your generations. But you do, and I do, have a responsibility of where we're going to play. Are we going to play in the fields of the world, or are we going to come inside the tents of Jacob? Because that's the study halls of Shem. That's the place where the covering and the blessing is. Because your generations right now, they're under attack. They're under an outright assault. But Yahuwah has a way for us to play, and that is in the kingdom way. So Yahuwah bless you all, and let's delve into this week's Torah portion called Toldot Generations, and it comes from Genesis, Bereshit, chapter 25, verse 19, and extends through chapter 28 and verse 9. I'll give you a quick overview, and of course, we start off with the families of Ishmael and Isaac, and we have the struggling, the struggling between the seeds, the two nations that are being born in the womb, the two nations that have struggled from inception. There is a war between the seed line. There is one that seeks to crush the skull of the other. And then we find that one of these seed lines has an affinity with the world a man of the fields, a hunter that's not interested in the descendants, not interested in his generations. We'll just sell it all away for peace and safety. We'll just sell it all away just to participate in whatever the privileges that the world will give. Do you think there are people out like that today? I would say the majority have that Esau ruddiness. Willing to give it all away, Esau, of course, sells his birthright. In chapter 26, we now see that there is Isaac and Abimelech. There's the issue of the wells. 
We're going to come into a time where there is going to be issues with water supply, the purity of water, and of course those commodities, because it's all about your labor and energy and giving you access to the very basic things that you need. Now, if you're out there in the fields of Esau, the world, then you're going to have to pay to play, and they'll give you the water that they'll give you. It will most probably have formaldehyde and fluoride and all kinds of stuff in it. Or you will choose to drop your own wells. You'll choose to come into the, Shem, um, the tents of Shem, the tents of Jacob, and live a private life and maybe start thinking about structuring your generations differently. Maybe you're not going to want to go to the stores of Esau. Maybe you're going to start to think about growing your own food and looking at your own water supply or maybe getting into those kinds of industries yourself because there is going to be an issue with Abimelech in our day and age. I think you can see that very much. We just had the, um, the climate summit over in Europe. It's all going to be about getting access to the wells, getting access to that energy, getting access to those commodities in the ground and restricting them so that you have to come to Esau to get your stew. Do you want a life like that? Well, maybe your generations do. Maybe you're going to sign your generations over to that system. But if you're of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you'll choose another way. There is a war between the seed line, and it is coming out, and so apparent, brethren, but we have a better way in which to live. Because there is a blessing that is given by Isaac to Jacob, because the blessing goes from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. And Paul tells the Galatians that we are the seed, the inheritance of these covenants of promise. There's a hope and a future for us if we structure our generations after the scripture. Everything's a choice. And now we're having to make hard choices in our life. Maybe it's time to look at how we've lived, how maybe we've given ground to the enemy. Maybe we have so many adhesion contracts with Esau that you've got pulled into the system. But you can always repent. You can always return back to Yahuwah. And you can say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that. I don't want to live out in the fields looking for the venison and playing that game. These are the times because I believe, like I just said, Esau's lost hope is found in chapter 27 and verse 30. Why? He sold his generations. He did something that affected the next generation. He did something. He gave something away. Are there a group of people, the majority in the world now, that they have given access to their body, that they have given access to something that is very unknown, that could possibly affect their DNA and their generations, could possibly affect whether they can have healthy children or even have children, is it possible? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Health, vitality, seed, descendants, generations, 
freedom or slavery, captivity, moving into the world, or coming into Yahuwah's tent of safety. These are choices, these are choices, and these are the toldot, the generations that we find in this Torah portion. And these are the generations of Yitzhak, Isaac. In the Hebrew, Ele Toldolt Yitzhak. The Hebrew root of Toldolt is Leda, Leda, which actually means the birthing, the birthing of the generations. We need to birth our generations. And when we birth, what is that going to be? Easy? There's going to be pain. There's going to be a laboring. Right now, there's a birthing of Esau's generations in the world. And there's a lot of pain and trouble as that system is birthing its order. But likewise, as people pull out of that system, you're going to have to look at how you've structured your life, your family. Where have you been schooling your children? Where have you been going for your medical care? What have you been doing when it comes to how you've structured your life? What have you been relying on financially? Have you been going to Esau for all of these things? And now the rug pull is happening. Well, you don't have to. You're not a tree. You can move. You can move. We have freedom. People say, well, I had to do this. I was forced to do it. No, you were, give, you were put into a funnel and you might have been um, given different choices and it might have felt like you didn't have a choice, but ultimately we always have a choice. And sometimes we're not willing to make the birthing choice, which is the one that is the hard choice that maybe we have to bear a little bit of pain. But we're going to bring forth a blessing to our children, our generations. So the, le the Hebrew language infers Elei Toldot, Rivka, actually. These are the birth stories of Rivka. Verse 20. And Isaac, Yitzhak, was 40 years old when he took Rivka to be his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. And Isaac, Yitzhak, sought Yahuwah for his wife because she was barren, and Yahuwah was found by him. And Rivka, his wife, conceived. And the children, they struggled together within her, and she said, If it is so, why am I like this? And she went to inquire of Yahuwah. You see, right now you can see it in your families, in your generations, in your communities. There are struggles and frictions between two seeds of people that you can't even communicate anymore. People don't even want to have an open discussion about things. It's either you're drinking the Kool-Aid of CNN or you're not. I mean, no, 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 that's what the news says. We've got to go along with it. Well, this is, this is the mandate we have to go. And, and if you question that, then, oh, my goodness. You see, because there literally is two different seed lines. And there is a struggle and a vexation because there is going to be a separation. 
And that's what we're seeing right now. One's going to go with the worldly system into the outside, into the fields of Esau to go get the venison. Whatever the world is offering, it's going to eat. It's going to eat off. It's going to digest. All the propaganda, it's going to just intake, 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 consume, consume, consume. Consumers, so, so consuming that people go, you know what, I don't think I'm going to work anymore. Because I'm going to be fed by the generations of Esau. Whereas others are saying, you know what, I'm going to cancel all of those adhesion contracts with Esau and the world that I made a mistake with because I grew up in the world. But now I'm realizing that I want to live differently and structure my life differently for my generations. That I'm not going to put my children into... Esau's government system. I'm not going to go and be an employee of, you know, and get a W-2. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be, structure my life differently. And you have the freedom to make those choices. We all have a choice. But it is going to be painful. And sometimes it's painful to undo the ties that you've made with Esau because it's a lot easier to go along with the system, you see, which is why the majority do. But what we find here now in the 22nd verse is that the children, they did struggle together within her. And she said, if it is so, why am I like this? And she went to inquire of Yahuwah. Now, this is a rare example in the Torah of an oracle. Now, some of you may have seen the movie The Matrix. What happens when Neo goes to inquire of the oracle? Right here in the scripture, it's a prophecy. An oracle is an obscure and cryptic, unlike the usual prophecy common in Hebrew. In fact, in the book of Numbers in the 12th chapter and the 8th verse, Yahweh said that he spoke to Moshe, not in oracles hidot and right here what we find even here we continue on in the 23rd verse it says and yahuwah said to her look this is this is what the mystery is there are two nations in your womb it's not obvious but there's something bigger going on there's two nations and there's a struggle between the nations is there a struggle between the nations going on now? Never in humanity have you seen it at such, such a magnitude as today. There's two goyim, if you would, two seeds, two nations bringing forth a nation. There is a birthing right now, which is meaning there's labor pains. There is a birthing of a new world order and i know that's oh my that's got so many conspiracy connotations i'm mean, goodness gracious me if you don't realize they're birthing something right now and trying to figure out how to get maximum people signed on to it and into it and getting coerced into it through threats of, oh, you're going to lose your job. Oh, you're not going to be able to get on an airplane. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. Well, and, and you're all concerned because you're part of Esau's worldly system. 
but you can pull out of it. There is still water in the ground. There is still dirt. There are still seeds. Who knows how to knit? Do you really need a new pair of jeans? Don't you have? So what is it that you need? Can you find some sheep, some cows? Can you grow some food? Do you have some water? Do you have shelter? Because ultimately all you really need, all I really need, right, is the love of Yahuwah and the love of my family and the love of the community of saints. And together with all of our resources and energy and equity and love and harmony and community, let the world struggle against each other and they will tear themselves apart, warring like Esau. But Jacob is a peaceful man. He lives in equity with his brethren. He's not going to argue. He just wants to live a peaceable life in private. He's going to go into his tents. Esau is out there in the public. And this is where we're at, brethren. You're going to have to make a choice to live a public life with all of those public benefits. Or you're going to have to now think about canceling those adhesion contracts and living in the private. It's going to be very tough making those hard decisions. But it really is. You cannot have a public and private. They do not intermingle. Or you'll just be spewed out by the system. It's like, well, you're, it's a contradiction. Either one or t'other. You've got to go full public. Just get in, just whatever Biden's offering, just sign up for it. Well, you know, just get everything, you know, all of it. Just go for it. Go full public. Okay? You'll be on, you know, update number 51, update number 52, update number 53. Okay? If you don't download this next software, then your whole body system's going to go kaput. Okay, update 57. Update, I mean, that's the way it'll be. Pay to play, pay to play. Or you'll just be like, yeah, kind of crazy. I think I'll go private. Is it going to be easy? Never is easy. Never is easy. But the struggle, the struggle is what makes it worth it. Everything that I have in my life that is worth anything, that is worth anything, has been a struggle. Anything that I have got easy, it's not worth it. You too? Because we are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And sometimes, you know what? We're going to struggle and we're gonna, it's going to affect our walk. Our hip's going to get, our thigh's going to get taken out of socket joint, right? It's going to affect our walk. Because right now, there is a bringing forth of a new world order, a new system. And there's a lot of people struggling, but that's the struggle that we're in. You've got to come into Jacob or you're going to have to go with Esau. But there is going to be no in-between. There is going to be no in-between. Now's the time to arise to your calling. Because if you don't rise to your calling, then you're going to miss the generations of blessing that Yahweh wants to put on you. 
He wants to put it on you so you can bring it to your children and their children and their children. The told dolt, the generations of Jacob. He is faithful to us if we'll come out of her, my people, and come into the, the tents of Jacob, the tents of Shem. Birthing something, brethren, is never easy. A business, a new trail, a new way of living. There's always going to be a struggle. We need to birth a new way to live in this world. Now, we grew up playing Monopoly, right? In Monopoly, you're given a bunch of tokens in which you play the game. The worst token that you can play with, brethren, is the individual. The worst token today. The individual has all the liability. That's the worst token to play with. That's the public. The registration of things. It carries all the liability. But we need to struggle to figure out, to birth a better way to live, how to structure our lives, structure our generations. So be aware of any public registrations. It's the worst token on the board to play with. And of course, Esau wants you to play with that token. That's the public token that most people, oh, okay, I'm an individual. Everything, yep, register everything, yep, right there in the public. Of course. It's the worst. Yeah, you can play with it, but it's the worst token to play with. It's the worst token to play with. It carries all the liability. But you may want to choose another token to play with, with your generations. Private tokens. Try playing the game in reverse, brethren, outside of the public, in the private, as believers. You win by playing the game in reverse. Has anybody seen that movie? It's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's Ready Real Player One. Well, you'd have to, you have to watch it with spiritual eyes. It's all about tokens and the public and how they're literally going to have you in this virtual reality token world of credits, social credits. And you're going to lose unless you play the game in reverse and then you win. Meaning you have to think outside of the construct. If you play in the construct and you register within the construct and do all of that, then you are in the game. But you come out of the game when you're Jacob because it's Esau's worldly game. So, if you want to watch that movie, I'm not recommending it, but now for allegory and metaphor, if you have watched that movie, the plot, when the creator of a virtual reality corporation, just say his name was like President Roosevelt, you know, just, just for instance, and he dies, right? He makes a posthumous challenge to all citizens living in the game to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder access to his stolen fortune and thereby give them control within the fictional commercial world in which they play. 
Now, <sighs> there are two kinds of people that shall be separated from your bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. You've got to play the game in reverse if you want to access what President Roosevelt left when he died in the commercial realm. Debtors and creditors, Esau and Jacob, what kind of nation will you hold allegiance to? A nation of debtors living as surety for a fiction or a living, breathing creditor who lives in the tents of Jacob and plunders Mitzrayim, Egypt? We have been given the power. We have been given the power to transform our future by understanding the past. Now, the word et here in the text is spelt Aleph Tav, the Aleph Tav, the first and the last. Signaling the object of the verb is missing from the text. So the phrase told to Rivka here is, the older shall serve the younger, but it could also mean the younger shall serve the older. I mean, really, it kind of depends upon the presence of the Aleph Tav, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last, whether you have the presence of him in your life, whether you're going to be a slave or a free man, whether you're going to go with Esau's system or whether you're going to come into the tents of Jacob, doesn't it? Because until I had the presence of the Aleph Tav in my life, I was in the world, of the world, and loving the world. Because sin is fun. It is, anyone who says it's not fun, that they are liars. Yes, it's fun, but it leads unto death. And once you have the presence of the Aleph Tav to you, it stinketh. What used to be fun to you now stinketh. Right? It brings no satisfaction. It was so much easier when I had no conviction. But now, I'm convicted in all manner. Because there's a higher calling. But it's a better calling because I have the promise and you have the promise of eternal life. The fragrance of life is all abounding us. Or the fragrance of goat skin. The hairy Esau. Which stinker. Have you smelt wet goats? Oh my goodness. When I cycle my bicycle up um, near where I live, there's a, there's a herd of goats up there. And uh, these, are, these male goats have not been fixed. And you can smell them from a mile away. They stinketh. Can you imagine when Esau's hairy garment was placed upon Jacob? It stinketh. That's the scent of the world. And it stinketh a lot of right noweth, doesn't iteth? <laughs> that was a bit close, wasn't it? Good grief. We'll move on quickly. This ought <laughs> stop it, but sinning, sinning in my mind, see? Good grief. Uh, Levi, you have no idea what we're talking about. Praise the Lord. 
The Aleph Tav does change everything, though. Yahusha changes our allegiance, changes our status, enrolls us in a citizenship in heaven. Where's our citizenship? It better be in heaven because the other citizenship is an entanglement. It is a snare of the world. It is a slave citizenship into the United States Corporation, if you're in this nation, or the Bank of England, if you're where I'm from, or the papal system, if you're in the EU. It's all IMF, International Monetary Fund. It's all a slave citizenship unless you pledge your allegiance to the Aleph Taf and your citizenship then is a status change. It is in heaven. There is my allegiance. And when her days were delivered, were fulfilled, see, there were twins in her womb. Twins is spelled Tav, Vav, Mem, and Mem. We're actually missing an Aleph and a Yod. What we're missing tells the story in the Hebrew. We know the Aleph pictographically is an ox, meaning strength. And it's used to represent Elohim. And Aleph being the first letter of Elohim. And the pictograph for the Yod is the hand, which represents labor, work, energy, or the hand of man. Meaning they have nothing in common in relation to their works for Elohim. Because one is the carnal man and one works for Elohim. Isn't that the world today? You start talking about the Creator, you start talking about the Lord, you start talking about faith, and people are, oh, I'm over here with the devil. Right? It's a different, they're, they're, you're either with Elohim or you're with Satan. Because this whole system is satanic. Because it's trying to steal your generations, it's trying to destroy your DNA. It's that simple. Bankrupt you in a bankrupt system. Because the corporation is bankrupt. Therefore, they've got to steal your labor and your energy and put liens on everything they can. That's the only way they can keep their system up is through that propagation of falsehood. What does this tell us? Are these identical twins? No, these are not identical twins. Look at verse 25. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau, verse 26. And after that came out his brother, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. Really, what happened is he was going like this. He was protecting the soft spot from being struck by the heel. He shall, crush your he he shall bruise your heel, but you shall crush his Head is the prophecy, right? So Satan is trying to destroy, destroy the promise seed line in which the Messiah will come and reverse the prophecy right here. And Jacob is trying to protect the seed line. He's trying to protect that soft spot. So this is what you see right here in verse 26. And after that came out his brother and his hand was protecting himself from Esau's heel, and his name was called Yaakov, Jacob. And Yitzhak, Isaac, was 60 years old when 
she bore them. Sixty, six hundred, six thousand. As it goes into the millennium, we are at the last age of the prophecy when there is a struggling between the nations. There is a struggling between the seed line when they are trying to bring in a new generational system of slavery to the world. A Affecting and corrupting the DNA that generations and generations and generations will be part of Esau's communistic ruddy red bloody system and it has to attach to the blood or you'll choose another path but there will be only one branch or the t'other and either way you choose is going to be a struggle. Either way it's going to be a struggle. The harder way is going to be the way of Jacob. The easier way is going to be the way of Esau. That's the broad road with the wide gate. Oh, well, everybody else is doing it. Oh, we should go do it. Oh, yes, this is for free. It's free. It's free. It's safe and it's f nothing is safe and nothing is free. You think life is safe? Get some risk tolerance, man, for crying out loud. Up your risk tolerance. Jacob was protecting his head. You got to start protecting your mind from all this propaganda. Protect your thinking. Protect what goes into your brain, what you're reading, what you're communicating, what you're listening to. And I'm preaching to myself too much news, too much. Even, you know, I, I, I'm very careful of where I go to get my news, and it's nowhere that the world will tell me to go to. But still, even that, it can be negative, fear, fear, fear. And then when you're afraid, you don't actually think properly. And your IQ starts to drop rapidly. So we've got to get rid of the fear. I have to. Okay, because it's not conducive to thinking at your optimal force. But prayer, scripture, and worship, singing. More worship. We need more worship. We need more worship. We need to sing unto the Lord. I can't believe he used the word the Lord. That's outrageous. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. I could do a creepy whisper voice right now, couldn't I? <laughs> Go get it. Go get it. I said, I mean, come on, you, that right there, when that fella says that, that is a principality. That's ventriloquism. Somebody's got their hand stuck so far up. The first is the natural man, the second is the spiritual. I've got to get back to the spiritual, not the natural, from 1 Corinthians 15, 46, we know. But the spiritual man was not first, but the natural man, and afterwards the spiritual man. Look at this wrestling between the seed line here. The first man is ruddy. He's from the earth. 
He's the natural man, but the second man is the master Yahuwah from the heavens. The first Matthew that walked this earth, he was a ruddy natural man until I apprehended the Aleph Tav, the Alpha and the Omega, the Messiah himself, and then I was transformed into this heavenly being. And I know, I know, I get carnal still. But that's what Paul talks about in Romans 7, isn't it? Why is it that I find this law within me? There is a battle. I mean, I'm the only one that struggles with it. You guys have all overcome, of course, your own sinfulness. There is an enmity between the seeds, but there is an even an enmity between the old man and the new man. Is there not? Every single day there is. I have to protect my head from being crushed by my old man. I got to protect my soft spot. Those areas where I used to sin, those familiar patterns. Ultimately, I need to protect that so I can protect my generations, my boys, my girls. I will put enmity between you and the woman, Genesis 3, verse 15. And between your seed and her seed. He shall crush your head. Esau's going to try and crush your head, Jacob. But you shall bruise his heel. You're going to sell him the pottage. And it's going to affect his walk. He's going to cry the tears of Esau, as the writer of Hebrews said, and he'll never recover what he sold. Brethren, there's a whole bunch of people, they will never recover what they have sold out in this past year and a half. And I mourn for many that are trying to have children. And they can't. Why can't they? The seed of the serpent Esau tries to reverse this very prophecy here in Genesis 3, verse 15, by trying to crush the head of the seed of the woman who in turn grabs the heel to protect his head. We are in this 6,000th year. We are coming into this new millennium prophetically. But first, they have to bring forth this new world order. Is it going to thrive? No, we know it won't. People all over the world are starting to question everything. Everything. Genesis chapter 25, verse 27. And the boys grew, and Esau, he was a skilled hunter. What was he hunting? He was hunting men. He's hunting their souls, Ezekiel chapter 28 tells us, because it's also ultimately satanic. And the king of Tyre is a metaphor for Satan, who is a hunter and trader and trafficker in men's souls. The public registration of things, birth certificates, social security numbers, and so on and so on. A man of the field. And Jacob, well, he was a man of equity. He was plain. He didn't argue. He didn't argue, and he dwelt in the tents. He was a private man. 
Esau was a hunter of men's souls. He was a man at one with the world. The field is the world. And he became, as he was, one with the world. He played the game of the world, which is, of course, trafficking and trading in human souls by extracting their energy and labor. It's all about your energy and labor. If you can't see that right now, and coercing you to do things to your body, your DNA and your blood, so that you can keep producing energy and labor for the beast system, for the tents of Esau, because you're so at one with the field. Isaac loved Esau. The world loves Esau. Why? Because he partook of the worldly game. He played the worldly game. There are two seeds, brethren, being expressed today. Hunters, contact tracers, who've acquiesced to the ways of the world, who partake in the worldly game. They are going to be crying the tears of Esau over these next 18 months when they realize they've given up their inheritance to the new world order and they have destroyed their generations. Very sobering. They have trafficked their DNA away for a bowl of stinking pottage. Do you realize that? For a bowl of pottage. The hunter of souls, a trapper of met. Do you feel trapped? Do you feel trapped? Oh, I'm trapped. Well, that's because you're in the world too much. Because Esau's trapping you. Look, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, the COVID-19 pandemic was never about testing our immune systems. It was designed by the ruddy reds to test our intelligence, our compliance, and our tolerance. The seed of Esau has failed in all three, their intelligence, their compliance, and their tolerance. The seed of Jacob hasn't. You've challenged it, and you should be now withdrawing from Esau's system and coming into the safety of the privacy of Jacob's tents. Jacob was a plain Ham in the Hebrew, perfect man, complete and balanced, meaning he lived with inequity with his brethren and with Yahuwah. He was balanced both physically and spiritually. Who are you? Who are you? Who, who are you? Who am I? Am I a man of the field? What I used to be. I hate that man. A sadar, a man of the field, a tiller. Always trying to find things in the world, trying to till up all the world. Every, oh, it's all out there in the world. No, there's nothing out there for you. 
There's nothing out there for you. You want to be a cultivator like Cain? That's all there is out there, living in the public. Or do you want to be dwelling in the tents, the ohel? Those are the wilderness tents of the tabernacle, living privately with Yahuwah and your brethren in community under the covering of the better law, which is the Torah, where all of your protections are because they are Yah-given. Because you hold sincere religious convictions to the Torah of Yahuwah which is the highest law, the law of equity. What is right is right. Yahuwah has ordained it. Verse 28, And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rivka, she loved Yaakov, Jacob. Isaac loved Esau for carnal reasons. Not because he was his son. Rivka loves Yaakov. That's present tense. Still, today, the love of Jacob. And Jacob cooked pottage, verse 29. And Esau came in from the field, and the field is the world, and he was faint. And if you spend any time out there in the world, it is exhausting, is it not? Right now, everything's exhausting in the world. Just go into the gro- the hassles everywhere. You want to go to the opera? You want to go? Um, you want to go listen to a band? You want, oh man, it's not worth it unless you're fully compliant with Esau's system. But still, then you've got to deal. It's exhausting. You're going to come in faint. Pottage. The Hebrew word here is Nazid. It's spelled Nun Zayin Yod Dalit. It means to be proud. There's a lot of pride out there right now, isn't there? Isn't there? There's all these movements that are named with pride. And it's all about the pottage. It's all about the pottage. Because the pottage exposes the world's pride. It exposes Esau's pride. Pottage, nazid in the Hebrew. The Greek word, very revealing, is peranamas. It means outside Yahweh's Torah, outside the law. So those that are prideful after the ways of Esau, they're outside the law. They're outside the Torah. They're lawless. They don't want anything to do with the teachings and instructions of Yahuwah. They don't want anything to do with the teachings of Moses. They are outside the law. They're partaking of the the pottage. And when Esau came in, he was faint. What does that mean? He walked to the point of death like a zombie, out there right now? Are there people walking around to the point of death? Well, they've made decisions about their health that they don't realize it, but they are walking around to the point of death because they have literally believed everything that Esau is selling is good. But Esau doesn't care about your health. 
It's all about control. It's not about your health. He walked to the point of death. Halak mutah. Halakha. A walk. His walk was literally killing him. And right now, people's walk is killing them. The decisions they made and are continuing to make. We've got the third update coming out. And then there'll be the fourth update coming out. And now we need to update our children from five years old and up. Download the software designed by Bill Gates. And then when you don't download the next version of the software, guess what? Your computer system will crash. It'll be of no use. And you're going to have to sign all these adhesion contracts and click agree so that you can get the next download. Otherwise, you'll end up with a 1980s body system. An old Windows PC from the 80s isn't going to do you much good today, is it? Well, that's the wave of the future with the human body system and all the updates and downloads that are now coming down the pipeline. And the people that have had two downloads already, they will be in the same, pe the same grouping as the people that have never had a download. And that shows you that there is no equity going on right now. Because it's Esau's slave system. His walk was killing him. Edom, red. Red hairy beards. Red hairy bodies. Red flags. Communism. China, Russia, Bolshevism. The synagogue of Satan. It's all part of that system. Feed me. Swallow with veracity. That's what Esau's. Feed me. Feed me. He wanted to swallow that pottage with veracity. He was carnal. He was like an animal. They're like beasts out there. Animals. Have you seen some of the stuff that's going on? Animals. Absolutely raving lunatics. It only appears here, this word, in the whole of the Tanakh to illustrate the depths of Esau's savagery. People are savages now out there. If you don't go along with, with Esau's system, they will turn and bite and devour you. So keep your life private. Structure your generations differently. Verse 30, And Esau said to Yaakov, Please feed me with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom, Rad, bloody, red. And Yaakov said, Well, sell me this day your Bekorah, your birthright. You see, Jacob, he's thinking kingdom. He's thinking kingdom. And you and I have to think kingdom. We can't think slavery. We have to think kingdom. He wants to honor. He wants to be part of the covenants of promise. He wants to honor Abraham who's just passed away. He wants to have the honorary rights to give the eulogy at Abraham's funeral meal. But to do that, he's going to have to get, of course, the birthright. 
That's what Jacob wants. He wants the blessings to go down to the generations. And Esau is willing to give it up so easily. He wants to honor and be part of the covenants and to render honor to Abraham. But he needs the birthright. The firstborn was always supposed to officiate and lead in the honoring of the deceased family member as the Cohen, as the priest. And Esau, he doesn't give a rip about it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about legacy. He's going to spend it all in that generation. And that's what America is all about right now, isn't it? The world is all about. Everything that your labor and energy creates, spend it all. And then, if you've got any left over, they'll warehouse you in an old people's home and extract all the energy labor out of you before you die. And then... They'll put everything into probate and your children have nothing. That's the whole design of this system because everyone's playing with the wrong tokens. You think Social Security will be around in five years? <laughs> you can have mine. It's not mine, though. See, that's the thing. That's the illusion. It's theirs. It always was theirs. It's not mine. I don't want it. Oh, my goodness. The carnal man, Esau, he occupies his life with worldly pursuits, and now he wants to be fed. Here, the stew represents the fruit of the spiritual man's life spent in the tents. We've got to spend our life in the tents, in the word, in prayer, in song, in song. I want more song in my life. The carnal man says, feed me, feed me. When's the next benefit check coming out? Stimulus, stimulus, anyone got stimulus? Feed me, feed me. I don't need to work anymore because I'm going to get fed. Well, they'll keep feeding you. They'll keep feet as long as you're as long as you eat what they're feeding you. The spiritual man is always ready to forsake food. He's already to force always ready to forsake food and carnal pleasures and whatever the world you've got to be real, willing to go without. For the opportunity to serve Yahweh as the firstborn. My wife and I, we're the firstborn in our generations. We're the firstborn. And now we have children that have grown up in the faith. That's toldot. That's generations. And Esau said in verse 32, See, I am at the point of death. So what profit shall this blessing be to me? Careful, careful of the exaggeration of Esau. I'm starving. That's an uncontrolled appetite. Really? Verse 33, and Yaakov said, Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore to him and he sold his, his Bekorah, his birthright to Yaakov. Then Yaakov, Jacob gave Esau lechem, bread and pottage of lentils. 
And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. So Esau, he despises the things of Yahuwah. Many call Yaakov today Jacob in the Christian church. They say, well, Jacob was a deceiver. He was a supplanter. That couldn't be further from the truth. Because Malachi tells us what? That the deceiver is cursed. Was Jacob cursed? He was blessed, according to Scripture. So is it possible that he was a deceiver and a supplanter? Where does this come from? This comes from medieval anti-Semitism birthed in Christianity. Scripture records that this is the testimony of the seed of the serpent, Esau, and later Laban. Laban accuses him of that. It comes from Esau and Laban. Jacob doesn't mean supplanter, deceiver. It literally means one who takes the heel. And we know why he took the heel. To protect his soft spot and his his generations from being destroyed by the serpent. So he could birth the Messiah in his line. So that you and I could partake of the olive tuff and be this last generation in the 6,000th year of prophecy that now sees the nations warring because there is right now the war of the seeds and you have never seen a war against the DNA of mankind as you are witnessing in your generations today, brethren. It's the birth of the new world order reset. Or we're going to go into the tents of Shem, the tents of Jacob, and live a different life. And literally, when they start weeping the tears of Esau, then you and I will say, you don't get to participate unless you come up to the Feast of Tabernacles. You're going to have, you know that water that you were trying to steal from us? You pumped all the fluoride into? Well, now you won't even get any rain unless you come up to the Feast of Yahuwah. Because all of the technologies, drip feed irrigation, all of the technologies, they're going to be in the hands of the sons of Jacob. And Esau will be on his 55th update, looking like something out of Michael Jackson's thriller movie. Fifty-second update, fifty-third update. You think I'm joking? This was supposed to be two weeks to slow the bloody spread, for crying out loud. What are we in? What week are we in for crying out loud? This is insanity, people. Wake up and smell the blood and the ruddiness of Esau all around you. Malachi chapter 1 verse 4, cursed is the deceiver. Jacob cannot be a deceiver because Jacob was blessed. Genesis 30 verse 43, Jacob increased exceedingly and had much cattle and female servants and male servants and camels and donkeys. That is a blessing. So he cannot be a deceiver. We've got to wake up with our understanding of Scripture instead of following all of the nonsense that we were taught by the lawless church. 
that took partook of the pottage. There is a war of the seed line. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, it is written, Neither give heed to mythos. It's a myth. It's a myth. Falsehood and endless apparantos pass through scripture genealogies. Don't get, give heed to endless genealogies. The only generations that matter are the generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We need to give heed only to the generations that pass through the scripture because there is a seed war. Now think about this. This is going to be hard for some of you, but we're going to pass it through the scripture and you be the judge. 1 Timothy 1 verse 4, neither give heed to mythos, falsehood, and endless apparantos, pass through scripture genealogies. We only are to give heed, give heed to only one genealogical fact that can be apparantos passed through scripture. And I believe that's the serpent's seed. Now the Dead Sea Scrolls confirms that Genesis 4.1, and Adam knew his wife Eve, who was pregnant by Satan, and she conceived and bare Cain. And he was like the heavenly beings and not like the earthly beings. And she said, I have gotten a man from the angel of Elohim. Now, connect that with 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. Oh, Cain was of the wicked one? And slew his half-brother. Here, the word of in the Greek is Greek Strong's number 1537. And when used implying a person, it means a son of or offspring. Now, in Matthew Paul's commentary on the scripture, volume 3, page 936, it is written which showed him Cain to be of that wicked one of the serpent seed. So early was such seed sown, and so ancient the the enmity between seed and seed. So for hundreds of years, I would say actually thousands going back to the Dead Sea Scrolls, People have realized that this Hebrew word zirah, which was translated into the Greek word sperma, is actually attached to physical seed. It's not just some spiritual allegory and metaphor. It's sperm. Zirah. Now, that's the text. The text says zirah. So I'm not insulting the text. You decide, but the text does allow me to interpret it as physical seed. You can disagree all you want, and, and I totally respect that, 
but I'm not insulting the text, and that's the most important thing. Even the ancients, whether it was back in the Dead Sea Scrolls time, of the Qumran, or even, like I just quoted, Matthew Poole, even Hen Matthew Henry's commentary on volume 6, page 1077, it is written, it showed that he, Cain, was the firstborn of the serpent's seed. Now, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Yahushua isn't far off, is he, when he says to the Pharisees, Ye are of your father the devil. Oh, well, it's just spiritual. It's just a metaphor, an allegory. Well, but you're, you're totally entitled to interpret it that way. But I also am interpreting it differently based upon the text, taking it very literally. There's no argument here. I'm not here to argue with any of you. I'm just here to show you how you could possibly interpret the text. And that's up to you. And I am not here to insult the text. The text allows different interpretations. Ye are of your father the devil. The term of means generation, toldolt offspring. They were of the physical seed, the sperma, the zera of their father, the devil. Does the text allow the interpretation that before Adam even had a chance to consummate his relationship with Eve, she was already pregnant with Lucifer's child, Cain? Is that possible? Does the text allow that? You dig in, you dig in, you dig in. And this, brethren, is where the Illuminati bloodlines come from. This is where the new world order, new birth, that's why they're after. Oh, I'm doing the whisper voice. That's where they're after the DNA, the blood. Ruddy, 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 bloody, bloody, bloody. Our war is not against flesh and blood. These are demons. Lucifer's child. Satan. They don't want you to know this. Do you not know that the four biggest pharmacia corporations are owned by the synagogue of Satan and they are successfully altering human DNA right now, currently. This is a replication of Cain's seed that is going on. Seed of the wicked one. And it's these bloodlines of Cain and Esau working together through the control of vast wealth around the world that are bringing the Antichrist into power. What seed line is running the health agenda in the White House? I mean, I mean, it's almost, it's almost comical, right? I mean, the White House press secretary is the epitome of Esau, red and ruddy Jen Saki, who used to work, no doubt, for an Israeli spy firm that was accused of doing surveillance on the Palestinians. 
Oh, it's just a just it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that hair's red as well and ruddy. Totally a coincidence. Raggedy Ann. We have a daughter of Esau, the face of the propaganda machine. I mean, literally, you thought Joseph Goebbels was good? My goodness, they've perfected it. They have perfected it. Well, I have to circle back to you on that one. Well, I have to circle back to you on. What is the symbol of the serpent? It's the serpent that goes circles back and eats its tail. Oh, let me circle back to you on that one. What does she have in common with the Edomite Jews? They are all part of the serpent seed line of the Illuminati. The same ancestry of Esau whom Yahuwah hated. The offspring of serpents of whom Yahuwah told them straight out that their father was Lucifer. It was those of this seed line that instigated his crucifixion. The state of Israel today is in an absolute health crisis, is it not? When it comes to the DNA of its citizens, it's in free fall. It fulfills the prophecy of the evil figs of Jeremiah chapters 21 through 24 and the evil fig tree that Yahuwah cursed. He wasn't cursing his own people, heaven forbid, but he hates the serpent seed line of Esau and Cain who are a corrupted seed line of DNA. Jacob I have loved. Esau has corrupted himself. He has corrupted his DNA. He has corrupted his generations. And he will cry the tears of Esau when he realizes his mistake. But then, as the writer of the book of Hebrews says, it will be too late. He'll be doing the thriller dance with Michael Jackson for the 51st update. A 50-second update. Yahusha cursed this evil fig tree. What is the birthright? It's bringing forth through his seed line the redeemer of Adam, Yahusha himself. And Yahusha is the way, the truth, and the life. And he can change your DNA too. He can change your DNA. So it's never too late to accept the Savior because he will change your DNA. It even says that those... Some will have taken the mark of the beast, but they'll be able to overcome it. How? Through Yahushua. He can change your DNA. <clears throat> it is quite saddening. Because there's a lot of good, good people out there that still have not been redeemed yet. But I was one of those people. But there are a lot of good people. They've just, they've just grown up in this worldly system and they have not been enlightened by the Aleph Tav. I am reminded of the prophet Ezekiel's words in the 34th chapter, and we'll close with this, and the fourth verse. The weak you haven't strengthened. Nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away. 
nor saw what was lost. But with force and cruelty, you ruled over them. Yahweh's charge, these are his words that will be against Esau. This is Yahweh's words against this world right now. What they are doing to people and their health is an absolute calamity. They have not strengthened the weak. They have not healed anybody. They haven't bound up anything that's been broken. They, their system is so broken, the only thing they can do is break it more. Because that's all that they can ever do. Because they can't create anything. Because they are artificial entities that must suck off your labor and energy. Your living bodies and energy. But you don't have to partake of that system anymore. Come out of her, my people. People's health is being stolen from them by coercion, force, and absolute cruelty. Esau's seed is weakening, preventing healing, bringing about more sickness, and breaking down society and driving people apart where so many right now have lost hope. So many are exhausted from over 18 months of being ruled over with force and cruelty. Force and cruelty. So Yahweh declares unto them, I indeed, I myself, I will search out my sheep and I will seek them and I'll bring them into the tents of Shem. It's a lot to think about. Lots to think about. Told dolt, generations, all oh, the generations. Let's see what you've got to say. We'll hit it up in the chat. And if you're still here, subscribe to the ministry channel right here, right now, and hit that notification bell button, and you will get notified when we go live. Let me refresh my screen. And you can always redline as well if you would like to grab my attention in the chat. And if you're coming into this after, you can always drop a comment, as long as it's edifying, down in the comment section. And thank you all those of you that do support the ministry with your giving, with your tithes, and with your offerings. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Mary Trotter, Shabbat Shalom. I like the red line that you've got. Stop. Ha, ha, ha. I just got a free phone in the mail because they are turning off my 3G phone in February. I told them I'll just do without. I have a landline. I got a free phone in the mail too. <laughs> Nothing's free to radiate your brain with 5G energy. Ah, Kevin Nita, Shabbat Shalom. The New World Order is the inversion of the kingdom. They want us to register our names for their system, and we want our name written in the book of life. Baruch Hashem Yahweh and Shabbat Shalom, the Libby Tube. She says, you go, girl, at Mary Trotter. <sighs> Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem Yahweh. 
Oh, you guys are busy in the chat today. I love it. My potato munchkin, Shabbat Shalom. Revelation chapter 20 refers to the first resurrection. Those beheaded for Christ, not accepting the mark, followed by a thousand years, then a thousand years for Satan to deceive the nations. History, question mark. All right, let's see. See, if you have anything you want to say, throw it up here in the chat and redline me. All right. My Potato Munchkin says... What's with the occult of Adam and Lilith? I don't know. Somebody put an answer up there if you know. Hmm. Six more days of the meeting in Glasgow, Karen Long says. Really? They're banging on for another six days? Good grief, these people, they just don't give up, do they? Oh, um, EV says, Shalom from Eli and Karen in Idaho. They just watched a teaching you had posted five years ago on Thanksgiving and the federal blueprint for internment, how relative it is for today. Thank you. Yes, that was a teaching I did for Thanksgiving. That's a good one. It is a blueprint for what we're seeing today. And she goes on to say, do you feel that you are far away enough currently out of reach of the system? Well, you're never far enough away, are you, really? <laughs> Yes, temple health says birth certificates, social security numbers, marriage licenses are legal contracts with the matrix so they can have a say over you and your family. Time to rethink these things most definitely, most assuredly, for sure and for certain. Definitely if you have young children, um, you need to rethink a lot of these things for the upcoming days and years to navigate in the private. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, um, the Libby Tube puts up Jeremiah 32, verse 27. See, I am Yahuwah, your Elohim of all flesh. Is there any matter too hard for me? No, he can change your DNA. He can truly do that. Hmm. Johanna Grace Jordan says, yes, questioning why the serpent was not immediately judged severely, such as the watchers who were severely punished. That's a very good question. Ah, Debbie Hill, thank you. At Matthew Nolan, hallelujah. Finally, a shepherd that speaks the truth of literal serpent sea elite bloodlines. You know, I have been warned so many times over the years not to teach this. I have been threatened. I have been called all kinds of names for teaching this. 
um, but you know, I will not stand um, down from all of this coercion and um, intimidation. It does not work on me whatsoever because the word is the word, the truth is the truth, and I am redeemed and I have one life to live. And, you know, we're going to get the word out there and the truth out there. And you don't have to agree with me, but you do need to do your due diligence and check into the scripture yourself. Well, Baruch Hashem Yahweh, I think we are at the end of... Oh, I just pressed the wrong button. Hang on, give me a second. Uh, hang on a second, brethren. I thought somebody else threw up some chat there. Oh, it's Shiloh. Shabbat Shalom, Shiloh. Now that things are being made manifest and seen by the Holy Spirit within us and within textual context, would you say that the mystery Babylon will bring on the vengeance of Yahuwah Elohim? Yes. When? We don't know. But my goodness, how much more? Well, Yahuwah is long-suffering, but the world is rapidly moving into a new, new system, and that is the Great Reset, isn't it? Hallelujah Worship says, looking at this backwards, both natural and spiritual, as we go back to the garden, is very eye-opening in the word. Thank you for your faithfulness, brother. Well, thank you. Hallelujah Worship. Pray for me and my family, please, and all of us up here in the ministry. And Megan says, Brother Matthew, hit the... Oh, Brother Matthew hit the ball out of the park today. Thank you. With the teaching, so many good insight on seed lines coming forward today and that beast system and that beast system. And Yeshayahu Israel says, you've got lots of fire going on there. Matthew, I feel I need to thank you for Most High used you to awaken me when you taught the migration of Judah. Ah, Yeshayahu, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. The migration of Judah was an honor and a privilege to reach out to the black community and just, man, just be a, a, a willing vessel. Because I tell you what, I have met some amazing, amazing people that have truly, truly been blessed by that teaching. In fact, I think, I just, you know... I don't, I can't remember. It was so many years ago, but I think that's one of our most popular teachings on YouTube. It's been huge. So all glory to Yahuwah and, uh, hey, what, what a blessing and an honor, true honor to be used in the wake up call right there to the black community. Very cool indeed. Now, what else we got going on? We got Mary Trotter hanging us out here with praise Yahuwah. You give it to us straight. I do give it to you straight and salty, and that sometimes offends people, doesn't it? It just does, doesn't it? But what can you do? Marmite boy here, you either love the salt or you hate the salt. As for me, I'm addicted to the Marmite, addicted to the stuff, absolutely love it, and it does come out in my language. Temple Health is saying, watch out for the real ID and the VAX for all their AI controlling personal info. 
Currently, they are testing this in West Africa. Of course, they always test it on the Africans, don't they? Bill Gates has done quite a lot of work over there. Think it's tied to the nano-ingredients? Yes, yes, yes. More, more, more. Reframe the Great Reset to the Great Reject. Well, that's funny. <laughs> and Karen Long finishes up with, Rebellion is witchcraft. Cain and Esau both rebelled against Yahweh's word, as did Adam, Adam the Hava. Now, that's exactly it, isn't it? All of this stuff, all the pharmacia, I mean, it is witchcraft, isn't it? It's the witch's brew. It's rebellion against the created order of things. It's rebellion against the natural man because they're living in a fiction world. What was the title of the Spielberg movie you mentioned? I mentioned it, but it was a long time ago, so I'm not recommending it. But I did watch it myself. Ready Real Player One, okay? You have to have spiritual eyes, allegory and metaphor. You've got to play the, 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 play the game backwards. You've got to come out of it. Otherwise, you're going to end up in the token system of a virtual reality world. It's a commercial world. Oh, it's good. It's good. Anyway. <laughs> yes, Modesto Gaza. Haven't seen you in a few weeks. Shalom, my brother. Good to see Torah to the tribes is still progressing forward. Is that what you call it? I pray it is. I pray. Sometimes I feel that it's just overwhelming. Pray for the congregation often. Well, thank you, brother. I've had to remove all, so all social media, but keep posting to YouTube, please. Thank you, brother. And Yahweh's blessings upon you for all your support and friendship in the community over the years. Oh, Mary Trotter likes it straight. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Oh, that's a deep question here. That's a too, that's a too complex question to answer in the chat, Gene D, though. It's a good question, though. You're thinking right. Um, if those who have taken SSA rescinding requires paying all of it back, will they take the payment out of the return bond? No, you don't have to pay it back. Because once you rescission, then it is as if it never ever happened. You just then then you, you're just moving forward at that point because everything else was contracted beforehand. So it's a lot easier than than what you're suggesting right there. But um, the first thing you want to do is an, a, a FOIA, a um, Freedom of Information Act, on your SS5. Um, but um, that, that's the first step. Anyway, many, many things to talk about there, but we are on the public YouTube, so got to keep that stuff in the private. I can, you know, kind of point those of you that are awake uh, or waking up to it, and maybe in the private communities you can uh, figure that out. But uh, that might be my next job, right? That might be my next job. We'll see. We'll see. So I'm definitely being called in that direction. Ooh. Jose, I said I was going to finish, but you know, it's just so nice to chit-chat with you. And you're still here. Baruch Hashem Yahweh, you are enduring, endurance of the saints. Good teaching, brother. Well, thank you, brother. You're a good teacher, too. As we enter the millennium, we have a birth of Torahless Esau and those who are even tempted. 
even-tempered, the blameless Tam, the tent-dwellers, and Israel of Yah. That's very shalom. That's a nice shalom way to end it, isn't it? Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Yahweh's blessings to all of you. Stay strong. Use wisdom. And remember, it all starts with your generations. Firstly, taking your generation and bringing it in line with Yahuwah through the Aleph Tav. And then in your marriages with your children, your family, and you, the community, the generations of Jacob. We're coming together. We're coming into the tents of Shem, the tents of Jacob, the tents of privacy in this world where Esau is out there looking for trading and venison. But you know what? Yahuwah has always loved Jacob and hated Esau. And now you're seeing it's because they're of a different seed line. It's a manufactured, corrupted, luciferic seed line. It's affected the DNA. But the millennium's coming. That fresh water raining down from the heavens. The Feast of Tabernacles, where we've been worshipping and blessing Yahweh, And those in the nations will just be able to switch off their energy just like that. Have a hope because you have a future. It's your toldot generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob secured through the seed of Yahusha HaMashiach. Shabbat Shalom.